You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. This is the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this is episode 99. I made it this far. I'm really, really excited. Really excited that I'm just a few days away from the the 100th episode live stream, which will be taking place next week. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and do episode 99 for Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023. I hope everybody's had a a wonderful Christmas season thus far and that the the whole month is is great and amazing for for my listeners and my family and friends. So for episode 99, it's just going to be me, but I'm going to try something out that I've been meaning to try or I've been thinking about this idea for a while. It's actually two segments that I want to do both of which are inspired by other podcasts and radio shows that I enjoy listening to. Uh, the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast and the Petros and Money sports show on AM uh, 570 or 5, 5, 570 on the AM dial. Uh, so anyways, what I want to do is uh, use an idea that the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast does. In fact, for those who aren't familiar with that particular show, it's uh, two guys who who talk about pop culture and uh, uh you know, movies, uh, TV shows, music, toys from the 80s and 90s. And then sometimes they venture off into doing like the 2000s and 2010s, but they mostly focus on 80s and 90s. Uh, so what they do is they actually take, they've taken certain uh, uh, albums, classic albums, and gone over every single album track by track, giving their commentary, using audio clips from certain songs. It's really cool sounding. In fact, you know, last uh, past couple of months, they've done some album reviews of albums that I really, really love. So Vivid from Living Color, The uh, Cure's Disintegration, and Depeche Mode's Violator. So to me, I was just thinking, you know, I, I love music so much. It's just an, a, a no-brainer to do something like this. So I'm going to take their, uh, steal their idea <laughs> and do a track-by-track review of certain albums. Uh, particularly, I'll be looking into doing classic album reviews, albums that are going to be celebrating anniversaries next year in 2024. Um, which is going to be really cool and fun. Uh, there's some certain albums that are going to be celebrating their 20th anniversary in 2024 that I really love. Uh, Incubus is a crow left of the murder. Uh, Hot Fuzz by the uh, the Killers. Uh, the Funeral by Arcade Fire. Uh, and in fact, uh, other bands that released albums in 1994. So, so bands that will be celebrating their 30th anniversary in 2024. I look to review as well, such as uh, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, and a couple others as well. And then, of course, if you dig go back even further to 1984, there's going to be some albums celebrating their 40th anniversary in 2024, like uh, Van Halen's 1984 album, which is actually going to be in January. So that one will be one I'll be looking to do very soon. But in the meantime, I'm going to be focusing on a new album review from a band that I really like, which is the band Iration. They just released a new album called Day Trippin' back in October, so just a few months ago. I'm going to be doing a track-by-track review of this particular album so for those who may not be familiar with the band you'll be able to be incorporated very well into their music particularly for this new album for those who already love the band i think you're going to like this album quite a bit it's really really good so i'll be coming back soon to do a track-by-track uh review of the album uh day trip and by iration after that i want to do what uh an idea that's been inspired from the petros and money sports show which again they're not a podcast per se but they do uh, broadcast their shows live on the radio and then they record it and then 
uh, format it into a podcast format so you can listen to it afterwards. They, I don't, I'm not sure if they do it anymore, but they used to do a segment called Film Fights where they would just kind of take random films, play uh, audio clips from those films, and just kind of talk about uh, movies, why we like movies, maybe movies that aren't so good. In fact, a movie that's been on my mind recently has been the, the 2010 Karate Kid movie with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith because of the recent news of uh, Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio teaming up to do a Karate Kid movie. So I'm going to, I've never seen that movie before. I took the time to actually watch it and I, I have some things to say about that particular movie. So that will be in the later, the last segment of this show. But the idea of doing album reviews track by track and doing random film fights or just kind of discussing films and using audio clips from films are ideas that I've been kind of tinkering with and toying around with. And now that I'm really comfortable and capable of like, recording these episodes onto the podcast expect to see more of these type of episodes in 2024 especially because i haven't gotten in any trouble yet just uh you know using audio and music that i don't have the license to so um, i'm gonna keep doing it until i'm told i can't <laughs> so anyways uh so uh, i'm gonna take just a quick break and then i'll be back in just a little bit for segment two of this particular show where i'm going to be talking about iration's new album day tripping and reviewing the album track by track Worn down from the daily grind It's getting harder just to make you smile And the means to an end don't justify And trying way too hard just not my style We'll spend another day wasting away Time to turn it all around I wanna live life naturally so welcome back to the show, everybody. For this segment, I'm going to be discussing Iration's uh, newest album release, uh, Day Trippin', going over it track by track. Uh, before I get to the new album from Iration, I want to just give a, just a brief history about the band for those who may not be familiar with them. Excuse me. So Iration is like a reggae rock band that plays a mix of reggae, dub, rock music, some pop elements mixed in, mixed in as well. They were formed in Santa Barbara. Uh, so here in the Southern California area back in 2004. But what's interesting to note is that all the members originally hail from Hawaii, which is really cool. So, you know, they got that island vibe. So that really cool uh, style of uh, music that comes from from that state of Hawaii. Uh, and then the, they've been inspired by a lot of bands who have actually used that, that style of music in the past. You know, if you go back really old school ways, a ways away the the band uh, the police actually incorporated that sound for some of their songs so i don't know if the police are actually the front runners or the like the 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 innovators or creators of like that rock and reggae style but then of course uh sublime would popularize it here in the southern california area in the early 90s and then of course after that you had slightly stupid a really awesome band that incorporates that sound and now from there you had so many like you know i hate to use the word copycat but i mean so many bands that are really cool sounding but all kind of maybe kind of are very similar uh so stick figure pacifier revolution uh, the Dirty Heads, uh, Pepper, there's so many bands like that. All of them are cool sounding, but uh, sometimes it can be kind of hard to like break away and create your own uh, unique flavor or sound. I think Iration has done that. I think they're a really awesome band. They're probably one of my favorites, if not my my favorite of uh, this reggae rock uh, style music that's come out in probably the past like 20 years or so. Uh, the band has released six studio albums, uh, including Day Tripping, which was released on October 6th, just uh, earlier this year. 
And uh, what the band has said about this particular album, I want to read directly from their website. This is what the band said in regards to the Day Tripping album. Day Tripping is a return to our roots. We set out to strike a balance between polished studio production and the electrifying energy of our live show. We leaned on our reggae and rock influences to find a natural evolution of earlier albums like Time Bomb and Hotting Up. So... Uh, what's interesting to note is that the previous album they done, Coastin, that which was released in 2020, kind of had a more like a uh, romantic kind of like a uh, uh, smooth sound to it. In fact, actually, I, I loved it. I, I consider it to be their best album. Uh, Day tripping is kind of more of bring, bringing back in like the harder rock sound that they kind of had before, but also using incorporating still like their uh, smooth uh, reggae grooves into the, the, the sound. So again, I think it's a, it's a good balance, but again, it is kind of like a return to form as to what they had done previously, even though I would consider the previous album before that Colston to actually be their best work. So let's go ahead and dive into it track by track here. This is track number one, uh, the main lead off single from the album, or I guess technically it's not the lead off single, but it's the, probably, Probably the most notable single from the album thus far. It's called uh, In Real Life or it goes by the initials of I R. We can catch a sunset in real life. In real life. In real life. In real life. On a beach blanket fireside. Crashing waves and the moonlight Can't stop the hands of time But we can lay here all night And we should probably go But I want you to know If it were all up to me We could run it all back again And make it our reality Oh, I can tell you right now that that IRL is actually my favorite song on the entire album. I think it's really fantastic, really great. As I was researching this particular album, uh, because again, they're they're not a huge band, Iration, so there's not a whole lot of information on the internet about them. But I was able to locate a website called uh, songtell.com, and whoever is running this site is doing an excellent job of just like... Uh, uh, explaining and giving the history and the background on, on certain songs, even like uh, lesser known bands like Iration. So I want to take this directly from that website about the title track. I'm sorry, not the title track, the, the first track on the album IRL. Uh, this is what it what they say. Uh, it celebrates the desire the desire to escape from the daily grind and embrace a more natural and genuine way of living. The lyrics suggest a weariness of with trying too hard to confirm to societal expectations and a longing for a more authentic existence. The protagonist wants to break free from the monotony and embark on an adventure symbolized by going on a ride to some are hard to find. Overall, IRL by Iration encourages listeners to break free from the constraints of everyday life and seek genuine connections, meaningful experiences, and appreciation of the natural world. So it's a really inspiring, really great song that kind of talks about like enjoying the most of life appreciating the beauty that's around us and the beauty can be found in many ways you know i mean again the band's from hawaii so i'm sure a lot of uh beach living and <clears throat> excuse me getting to uh enjoy the aloha style is kind of incorporated into their sound but again a beauty can be found anywhere around us i mean so many of my friends post like really beautiful sunsets that we have here in southern california and then of course you go to the beach areas 
uh, so many areas around this area that are really beautiful. And not even just to boast and brag about, you know, Hawaii and California. Like, you know, last month I got to go to Utah for my buddy Davis's wedding. And I stayed with uh, my friend Jeremy and his wife, Jen, all three of which have been in previous guests on the podcast. And from their home and their backyard area, there's a perfect, beautiful view of like how amazing and awesome Utah looks from like the, the mountain areas with no snow. Because again, <laughs> snow would probably be a deal breaker for me. No, no. But yeah, I, I got to visit Utah before the snow hit. Uh, and anyway, so there's so much beauty and natural naturalism around us that are it's really, really cool to experience. And then, of course, most important of all is actually experiencing these great um, uh experiences when we have you know family and friends near us that we love and that we want to have fun with them and enjoy the the experiences that come with life so IRL I think is a, a realistic expectation a realistic way of uh enjoying the the good things that life has to offer through our connections and through our experiences which is an important thing to think to think about and consider and to be honest it really sums up the band in general in fact if I were to pick a song to say hey this is what the band is all about it would probably be the song IRL uh, next up, track number two. This is Can't Look Back. Haven't felt like you can be yourself for so long. And all the times you whispered to yourself to hold on. Yeah, it might be time for you to take that ride. Or you'll be watching as your rolls on by. And though you can't look back, you can't look back. Was can't look back. Uh, you know, it's got some really sweet reggae grooves with some heavy guitars thrown in. Uh, the song encourages to make uh, positive changes in life by not looking back on the bad of the past. So, in that regard, I would consider this to be well one of those songs that when they say that they're uh, harking back to, like you know, their their roots and like uh, a return to form for the band. This is the the song, one of the songs that I would con consider that they're talking about in that regard. So, uh, next up, this is the title track, "Day Tripping." Day tripping down in Mexico So this is what the band said uh, in regards to day tripping. Day tripping is an ode to the magic and charm of Mexico. Every time we visit, we find that there's a certain intoxicating quality that comes from the raw natural beauty, culture, and the people. We try to capture that feeling in a song. And that was said by uh, lead singer uh, Micah Puchel. Hope I'm saying his name right. So yeah, day tripping, the title track is really, really cool. And again, uh, along those lines of like the return to form uh, uh, style that the band is known for. Uh, next up is Back 
So I would consider Strange to be similar to uh, Can't Look Back, uh, you know, the sweet reggae grooves with mixed in with the harder guitar. Uh, but instead of uh, if reflecting on a personal level of the chaos uh, described uh, in the song, it's actually more on a society level with the song Strange. So excuse me. So again, they kind of more their, uh, their uh, general take on the, the culture that we're experiencing now and how we can possibly overcome these things. So again, interesting song to consider. And, and to uh to listen to okay uh next up we have california dreams Consider California Dreams to be along the lines of like old school, like iration style. Uh, so it's a really cool song. It's a fun song, and it's got some uh, some good guitar riffs to it too. Uh, I don't care for the title. Uh, the title r- reminds me of that really cheesy wannabe uh, Saved by the Bell show on NBC called called the California Dreams. Uh, if you don't remember that show, then you're you're fortunate. <laughs> uh, it's not that big of a deal. I just associate that that title with that sitcom. So I kind of would have preferred if Iration would have called it something else. Maybe they don't even know of that show. Uh, in fact, I imagine few people probably don't. <laughs> so yeah, that would be my only like, gripe is that maybe call call the song something else. But eh, it, it works works out good enough. Um, okay, so uh, next up, track number six. This is uh, Last Night featuring Maxi Priest. I've been thinking about you lately, been waiting for you all day. I was hoping that you'd make it back by sundown. Saw you looking lovely when you said pour us some lovely. I could see that you weren't messing around mm, Lights were down low, I start to smile Haven't been here for a while You were on mine, we were up late With no time left to hesitate Last night, started with a bottle of wine Just enough to make it feel fine Wishing that I could Last Night is a song that would have fit in very perfectly on Iration's previous album, Coastin. Very, like, romantic, very kind of, like, polished, very, like, uh, uh, R&B-inspired, I guess, a little bit. But it's a really beautiful, really cool song. And features a notable British Jamaican singer, Maxi Priest, who also had a guest appearance on the Easy Star All-Stars album this year, uh, the Ziggy Stardust uh, cover album that they did. So Maxi Priest has been around for for uh, quite a while, and he contributed to two albums that I really enjoy for, from this past year of 2023. Um, and again, yeah, so very romantic in nature and would have fit in perfectly on the Colson album, but it also fits in perfectly for this album uh, for Day Tripping. So Last Night's also one of my favorite songs. It probably I probably picked it as my second favorite song on this album. 
Uh, next up is track number seven, New Style. style is very interesting because uh, it had actually been recorded and was making the the set list for their shows dating back to 2022 so almost a year and a half before the this album was even released so a lot of the fans of the bands who were of the band who was getting to see them live in concert for the past like you know year and six months they were hearing this song new style so it was kind of like a bit of a mystery like oh it's a cool song new song and uh we just don't know where it is so finally it made its uh uh debut on the album itself and it's a cool song again another one of those like return to form songs for iration so this would be another one that i think has some really cool uh guitarists mixed in with some reggae grooves uh next up is the song uh, remedy I want to share some of the, the lyrics from the song Remedy because I think they're very in- inspiring, very uplifting. So this is what the, uh, some of the lyrics from the song goes. Uh, far from perfect, no, I know. Uh, per- far from perfect, no, I made my mistakes. Enough for a lifetime. Up the ante and I'm raising the stakes. Just got to let my light shine. Whatever comes my way. Bounce back. Gonna ricochet. It's on my mind. It is written on my face. Uh, blue skies and better days. So it's uh, a really, really cool song. Remedy is I mean, kind of like, again, with the return to form, like rock and reggae, perfect mixture of the, the two styles. And uh, this would probably be my third favorite song on the on the record. Uh, really great, really cool stuff. This will be a cool song to hear live. And then speaking of cool live songs, uh, next up, uh, track number nine is the song Stream. So 
Scream is a very cool, like uh, slow jam, very dub esque style song. Uh, would create a really awesome atmosphere uh, for their live show. So this would be one that I'm sure they probably love playing live. And probably it's probably a great song to begin open up a show to create that atmosphere for the rest of the evening. Uh, so Stream is definitely one of my recommended songs as well. Uh, and now we're reaching the very end. So this is track number 10, which is uh, Come Down featuring Claire Wright. Makes this life a lonely one. Now I'm 30,000 feet up in the sky. So Come Down is, I think, is a great song to kind of wrap up the album. Is an acoustic song, you know, ties into acoustic versions of their songs that they've done previously for a full-length album. Uh, Claire Wright is an interesting choice. I never heard of her before, but apparently she's a Northern California musician, um, which, again, the band has a strong ties to the Northern California area earlier in their career. They were doing lots of shows in, like, college towns like uh, UC Davis and Chico State, places like that. So uh, I would imagine they, they probably have a fondness for the the northern part of california even though they're technically from santa barbara and um so so claire wright was an interesting choice they are probably familiar with her because of her ties because she's from the northern california area and i listened to some of her songs too they're pretty cool they're pretty cool stuff so i think she she has a great voice and i think she was a great choice to accompany the band for this last song to to wrap up this particular album so there you go. That was a uh, day tripping by Iration. You know what? There's not a whole lot of information about this uh, album on the internet. So I kind of just did my best to kind of talk about in general, how I feel about each of the songs. I think all the songs are great. So I think top to bottom, this is a really great album. I would pick this as my second favorite Iration album, just behind the coasting album. And, uh, for, for me, it was fun just to actually, you know, incorporate all these songs into the show. And, uh, so, People who may not know of the band, if you get a chance to listen to this episode, you'll become familiar with these songs and hopefully you enjoyed it. And hopefully uh, uh, Day Tripping is an album that you want to check out. I highly recommend that you do so. And yeah, so definitely gets my highest recommendation. It's really, really great album. And it was really awesome to, to listen to this year. So thanks for, for indulging me in my first attempt of doing a track by track album review. I think I'll do better <laughs> in, in next episode, future episodes, especially if I have someone to, to bounce off of uh, uh, song descriptions from. And uh, if there's a little bit more information about specific albums, I think it kind of can make it kind of cooler more uh, engaging conversation. But regardless, so I thought this was a, a really great, uh, the, the information that is available to us about the day tripping album, I think is very informative and great. I just would have liked to have seen more, if that makes any sense. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when I come back, I'm going to be talking about among all, I don't know, kind of random, but I'm going to be talking about the 2010 Karate Kid movie with Jackie Chan and uh, Jaden Smith. So stay tuned for the next segment of the Casting for Fun podcast.
So welcome back to the show. Uh, for this last segment, I'm going to be talking about the Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith Karate Kid remake of 2010. And it may seem kind of random that I'm just bringing this up to talk about this on the podcast. In fact, it kind of is random, but <clears throat> I promise you that uh, there is a specific reason as to why I wanted to watch this movie and be familiar with what happens in this movie. Uh, first and foremost, I had never seen it. and uh, But we'll go into more specific reason uh, towards the end of this review. And But again, the, the idea of just doing a random review of movies and just talking about it and exerting clips from the movie into the podcast, I think is really interesting and fun. And it's uh, something I plan to do in the future, moving forward with new episodes in, coming in 2024. So let's go ahead and talk about this movie. Uh, interesting facts about it, or I mean, I guess just facts about the movie. It was produced by Jerry Weintraub, who since passed away, but he was one of the main producers for the original Karate Kid trilogy and for the next Karate Kid movie with uh, Hilary Swank. Uh, James Horner conducted the music. Um, his, his stuff's always great and fantastic. Uh, this probably isn't one of his better works as far as movie scores go, but I mean, he's definitely was one of the best. I mean, he, he passed away shortly after, I think a couple of years after this movie came out, but uh, you know, he's responsible for Braveheart, probably his best work ever. Uh, he did the score for Willow. He's done several other really epic, great musical scores for movies. So it was cool to hear his movie use his music used in the movie. Uh, the movie made about 359 million worldwide on a budget of $40 million. So it was a financial success for uh, the studio. And uh, initially, the movie was marketed as a remake, but now it is actually considered to be a sequel to the franchise. So for me personally, I, I love the Miyagi-verse franchise, as it's unofficially called. And uh, to actually watch this movie, even if it's not a one of the better installments, it would probably be in my best interest because I love the franchise so much. Uh, let's go over some of the pros. Uh, Jackie Chan as uh, the instructor, Mr. Han. Play, he's playing the Miyagi role. Uh, Jackie Chan's always awesome in everything he does, even if it's one of his bad movies. Like, I think he did a really bad remake of uh, the movie uh, Around the World in 80 Days. <laughs> Just horrible. But um, to see his fight sequences and then uh when he just gets random pieces of furniture thrown in it looks so authentic so real so cool like everything jackie chan does is, is entertaining and great even if it's in a bad movie so so jackie chan as mr han was definitely a plus uh beautiful landscapes i mean the whole movie was basically filmed in in china so you got to see some really cool landscapes and how the scenery looks in uh china particularly the the forbidden city uh james horner score as i mentioned you know it's always a plus there to have him i mean he's no longer with us but one of the best film scores composers in all of hollywood uh the fight sequences i think were extremely well done so in that regard that was good now the cons <laughs> uh jaden smith he seems really disinterested to me throughout the entire movie and i know since he's playing the the daniel larusso character Obviously, similar to Daniel LaRusso, he doesn't want to have to move to a new city or, in this case, a new country. Uh, in fact, I mean, anyone having to move to China would probably be pretty sad and depressed. <laughs> but to me, it's not so much like the, his character, Dre Parker, is disinterested in living in China. It just seems to me that his acting was just like, I, I don't know, it didn't, to me, it didn't seem like he really cared. Or maybe that's just the way he is. I don't know. I've never seen any of his other movies. 
Uh, it does get a little bit better throughout the movie, but yeah, it just seemed like he was very disinterested in general. Uh, lack of chemistry between him and the love interest. It's true that I'm comparing it to Elizabeth Shue and Ralph Macchio playing Ali and, and Daniel from the first one, first Karate Kid movie. But to me, it just seemed like they, they have no chemistry either. True, they're kids. I mean, you know, they're, they're not acting experts, but it still just seemed that their their relationship was very disinteresting compared to uh, Daniel and Ali from the first one. And then on that same notion, uh, there was like little tension at all between Dre and his bully Chang, who's supposed to be playing the the Johnny Lawrence character. Uh, When the way it's described or or shown in the first Karate Kid movie, I mean, you can really feel and believe in the tension between Daniel and Johnny. And this one, you really don't get it. So uh, very little original ideas, uh, considering that it is a remake. And in fact, it just kind of copies and, treads on familiar territory uh for watching this movie you know what i i watched it in five minute increments on youtube because somebody uploaded it illegally and i didn't want to have to pay for this movie <laughs> not even want to have to rent it and no streaming service was showing it so i watched it uh an illegal upload on youtube that's done in five minute increments and uh it doesn't have the english subtitles so when they're speaking in uh mandarin or Cantonese, I imagine I'm assuming whatever language it is. I apologize for not being for being a cultural swine and not knowing. <laughs> but uh, you, you obviously you don't understand what's being said. But because I've seen the Karate Kid movie so many times, like for the scene when Mr. Han is talking to Master Lee, I think it is, uh, who plays the John Kreese character, who's teaching the their their Cobra Kai's the dragons, uh, no mercy, uh, no weakness, no. You know that the, the whole teachings that uh, that they did to to get them to be bullies. You know they have their conversation and like I understand everything they're talking about because I've seen the Karate Kid so many times. So even though I don't get the words, it's like they're not really adding anything new because everything just seems like it's repeating what's already been done. So yeah, adding nothing new or original to the story, just kind of doing like a carving paste and copy basically. Uh. I want to go ahead and go over a particular scene, though. So even though, yes, there's pros and there's more cons than pros in this particular movie, there is a scene that I wanted to play the audio clip from. So Dre, played by Jaden Smith, is kind of disrespectful and rude to his mom. He's constantly leaving his jacket on the floor, and his mom is constantly asking him to pick pick it up. And, you know, that kind of reminds me as a parent, you know, having to tell your kids like 10 or 20 times to do something before they finally do it. Um, So in... Mr. Han sees him because he's a handyman, just like Mr. Miyagi was. So he's at their house fixing like their uh, door or something like that. He sees that Dre is being kind of rude and disrespectful to his mom. So when he teaches him uh, Kung Fu in this movie, not karate, Kung Fu, uh, he's using the muscle memory technique of having him go through the routine of picking up your jacket, hang it up, put it back on the floor, pick it up, doing it like thousands of times over and over again to learn the muscle techniques. And then we get to see the results of what happens. So again, this is again describing to a T what actually happens in the first Karate Kid movie where Miyagi begins teaching Daniel muscle memory techniques for defensive maneuvers before he gets into the more offensive stuff. Uh, but I think this scene is actually done pretty well. So that's why I wanted to share an audio clip. So this is uh, Mr. Han uh, teaching Dre uh, in helping him incorporate the, the muscle memory techniques that he's finally learned over uh, the course of uh, weeks that they've been training. But no face. Check out! Oh, my God. 
everything we do, Xiao Zhui. He lives in how we put on the jacket, how we take off the jacket. And lives in how we treat people. Everything is Kung Fu. So the things that Mr. Han teaches Daniel, I'm sorry, teaches uh, uh, Dre is really important because uh, what we see here is that yeah, he's learning that, you know, everything you do is related to Kung Fu, particularly how you treat people. Uh, so, you know, teaching him to be kind and respectful and, and, and you know, to know that that it's for defensive purposes only, that it's to, to help uh, defend yourself and to help defend those who are weak and can't protect themselves. So. Uh, it's even though it's you know just kind of repeating what's been done before in the Karate Kid movie, the original. Uh, I think it was actually well done in this particular movie. That's probably my favorite scene of the movie where Dre's finally like learning that that Mr. Hong was teaching him valuable techniques and valuable stuff. Uh, so as far as my rating of the movie goes, um, if I were to rate it a, a one out of ten, you know, ten being an absolute perfect movie, one being just absolute garbage and not worth your time, I probably would rank uh, the. 2010 Karate Kid at a 4.75, so just a hair under like serviceable. Uh, you know, it's got some good points, like I, like I said. So, you know, Jackie Chan obviously is always a plus. The beautiful landscapes, the musical score, the fight sequences are done well. Uh, outside of that, it really isn't that interesting of a movie and not that really great of a movie. Uh, and that's not even considering that it's just a, a remake of something that's so beloved by, by me and millions of other people. But the fact that I, I just don't think it was done very good. Um, but again, that's just my opinion. Uh, so for those who haven't seen the movie, please let me know what you think of the, the 2010 uh, Karate Kid movie. Uh, and that being said, also, I'm going to go back to, to day tripping as well. I didn't give a score for that one. Uh, I would rate Iration's day tripping at a 9.25 uh, out of 10. So, I mean, the album's like near perfect. It's just really, really great. So definitely uh, check out that album when you get a chance. Uh, lastly, I want to jump into do some speculation talk as to why I chose to watch this movie and what it could mean for the future of the Karate Kid franchise to kind of see if there was, in fact, any connections between this and the Miyagi verse. And supposedly this is not just simply a remake. It's supposed to be part of the the Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi universal movies. Uh, really, there's no connection at all initially. I mean, there's nothing that was said or na no names were dropped, nothing of that nature, no discussing of previous events. It really kind of is a standalone movie, uh, just basically copying everything that had already been done in the first one. Uh, but what's interesting to note is that Mr. Han is of Chinese descent. And then we learn in Karate Kid Part 2 that Miyagi's ancestor, Shimpo Sensei, accidentally traveled to China. Uh, in fact, I, I, it's not kind of like racist or inappropriate to say it, but I just I, I love uh, uh, how Miyagi says it in the movie. And then later on, years later, when Daniel tells the story to Johnny and then Johnny's trying to recount the story of uh, uh, Shimpo Sensei. <laughs> it's just so funny that a strong wind, a strong son, a strong sake. <laughs> Sorry, it's just really funny to me. But uh, so so Shimpo Sensei, a, a descendant of Miyagi, accidentally was uh fishing on a boat uh no there's no fish so he wasn't catching anything it was really hot and he was really drunk on sake so uh he fell asleep on his boat drunk and the wind was really strong that apparently it carried him over to, to the coast of china you know it's just a movie who knows if that's actually possible can can that really happen if someone's fishing off of okinawa but anyway so the story goes is that he met a chinese woman uh he had 
you know, two kids with this woman, and he brought back the drum technique to Okinawa and incorporated it into Miyagi Do Karate, which we learn in um, yeah, Karate Kid Part Two. That's the the defensive technique he was able, Daniel was able to use to be chosen. So obviously, there is a connection and a relationship between the Miyagi family and the the country of China. So I'm wondering if uh, Mr. Han played by Jackie Chan, is possibly a descendant of this Chinese woman who met Shimpo Sensei, Miyagi's ancestor. That would be in a good explanation to possibly say that, yes, Mr. Han knows the Miyagi family. Uh, they probably couldn't do it that Mr. Han knew Miyagi personally, because as far as we can tell in the movie, when Miyagi left uh, Okinawa, in, it's described in part two, he leaves Okinawa because uh, his friend Sato is going to force him to fight to the death. Uh, for feeling dishonored because uh, the woman he's interested in is actually interested in Miyagi. So Miyagi flees and then never returns to uh, Okinawa or any Asian company, uh, country rather, company, (laughs) any uh, Asian country. So my understanding is Miyagi stayed in the United States the entire time. So Mr. Han and Mr. Miyagi probably never met, but I'm assuming that Mr. Han does know the Miyagi family or he may not know the Miyagi family personally but he probably knows Chosen who again was the young the nephew of Sato and you know close good friends of the Miyagi family and then shortly and then after the events of Karate Kid 2 Chosen made amends and you know uh, learned more of the Miyagi ancestry and history and Miyagi do Karate in fact was a student of Miyagi do Karate so that's my guess is that I apologize, I don't have his name in my notes here, but the actor who plays uh, uh, Chosen is most likely going to be in this Karate Kid movie with Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan. And he'll be the connection, I think, between Mr. Han and uh, and the Miyagi family. So so there you go. That, that's why I wanted to learn more about this uh, uh, 2010 Karate Kid movie. And it's kind of funny that I probably could have learned all that without even watching the movie. <laughs> Uh, so I, I I wouldn't have considered it a waste of my time watching this movie. Again, I watched it in five minute increments over the course of like four or five days on YouTube. Uh, so I, I probably wouldn't recommend it. But at the same time, I don't think it's an absolute waste of time. If, if you love the Karate Kid movies, if you don't, then yeah, I'd probably say steer clear of this movie. You're probably not going to enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, this was fun for me. This was really cool just talking about movies, even if it's not necessarily a good movie. Uh, and of course, getting to talk about Iration, a uh, musical album I absolutely love, was really fun for me too. So I'm planning to do more segments like this in the future in 2024, talking about albums, going over them track by track, and just talking about random movies and incorporating clips from the movie. Uh, to get a more inside take on the movie itself. So thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for listening to 99 episodes of the Casting for Fun podcast, or if you only listen to one. Uh, just thank you for the, the support. And next week, I'm really excited. Episode 100 live stream coming on Monday night, uh, October, sorry, October, uh, December 11th. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, everybody. And you've been listening to the, the Casting for Fun podcast.